Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. McNeil, you're listening to Pit Pass Radio, in it to win it. So we're off here talking about this guy, PJ Romano Fanati. Going down the straightaway, Moto Two class, he he uh, he's had some altercations with this rider. Yeah. So he's going down the straightaway. He, he reaches over at a hundred and how fast? I I haven't seen the video yet. I've been reading the story on Cycle News. Thank okay, you for well, the, the heads video, up. But the video is on Cycle News. I'm sure. Scroll down. Yeah, okay. I'm sure. You know. It's on Racer X. It's on every, It's it's everywhere. So or maybe it's on their Instagram or something. I saw it. Uh, yeah, but they're the, tucked in and shifting gears. Yeah, they're well above 120 <laughs> miles an hour for the guy, sure. The guy just reaches over and grabs his front brake, full tuck. The guy yeah. rides it out, but uh, that he, could be—he's done. Oh yeah, that's. They're gonna hang him, right? I would have to think so because it's—it's a miracle it didn't go worse. I've seen this move done by a, in a very unfortunate video from Europe at a track day and. Uh, an off-duty pro racer did this to a track day guy. Oopsie. And the, the guy immediately endowed. And, you know, it's, it, right then and there, it's a life-threatening event. So this could have been a lot worse for everybody. He's only 22. Kid's well, he wasn't not gonna, a track guy, at least. No, no. But, but it's, you know, it's a race. And, God, what was he thinking? It's mo- It's the big stage. There's cameras everywhere. Maybe yeah. nobody will notice. I don't know. Uh, so it was uh, big. Thanks to Chris Bishop, it was it was Barney. He was the victim of, of the Harley race that they did this. Remember, you said you were. Comparing, oh yeah, you grabbed you, him. You, you were comparing it to the guy grabbing the guy's back fender uh, and pulling I was just on saying, him, which is totally. He different. got in a lot of trouble for it. Is what I was saying. Yeah, and, and that was, is nowhere near. It was Tyler O'Hara. Yeah. It was Remember, nowhere, nowhere near as dangerous as this. At all. And he got his points revoked. His finish in the race was taken away. And, you know, he's like, who cares anyway? It was a joke. It wasn't what you would call unsafe. It certainly was unfair, as the sanctioning body uh, ruled. That's unfair. You get no points. Okay, so I, I, real quick here. Uh, Fanati told the Italian paper that he intended to withdraw from racing, at least for the – I bet – at least for the foreseeable future, he would complete his studies and perhaps go to work in his grandma's hardware store. He accepts his error, did the stupidest thing of my life, quote-unquote, he told the paper, uh, he, but insisted his intention had not to be in harm Stefano Manzi. So, uh, Fanati had, has received death threats since the incident, <laughs> he said. <laughs> That's not funny, but wow, do people take that stuff seriously. But you're laughing. The press coverage of the incident had been overwhelming, even making the evening news in countries in which motorcycle racing is a niche sport. What country is it not a niche sport besides yeah. Italy? And, well, Spain. It's, uh, Spain. It's pretty major. Spain, okay. Italy. Yeah, yeah. You could say England. I mean, they're pretty serial sure, about okay. it in England. Uh, that that coverage uh, and the outrage generated on in online echo chambers had whipped up some individuals so far as to make threats against Fanati's life. So thanks, Chris Bishop, for that. All right, um, our next guest is Lane Michael, who's a very fast off-road racer, currently fifth, I believe, in the Ken to Full Gas Sprint Enduro Series. And he's also racing in the GNCC, which uh, it, this weekend is in New York, the Parts Unlimited Black Sky. Hopefully the, the hurricane doesn't 
reach New York and and, and create just that. But I like, hope it doesn't ruin Barber next weekend either. I mean, for real. Oh, it could. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming in from that angle, and it's only thirty inches. Thirty inches of rain in like three hours. Oh, that's so all. It won't be too bad. It won't be too bad. I've been in Alabama after hurricanes have rolled up from the Gulf, and the I've been in Mississippi after after Katrina. Oh, in yeah, Gulfport. It's, it's no joke. And there was a an an a casino, a floating casino that was like a mile inland. Wow. Insane. All right. It's weird to see. All right. Lane Michael joins us now. Lane, what's up? How are you? Uh, not much. Just finishing uh, some supper here and just hanging out watching some TV. Are you ready for this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. I've had a, a really good uh, summer break, if you want to call that. I mean, we still had some uh, some sprint enduros, but, uh, you know, I've had a good summer break. Uh, I'm feeling really strong, really fit, and uh, I've been riding really well. So definitely looking forward to get back to the, the three-hour GNCCs. What do you think of the sprint enduro versus the the going back and forth from that and GNCC? Is there? I know the intensity level is super high in GNCC, and it blows me away the, the pace you guys go. But sprint enduro is definitely a different animal. Yeah, I think it it's a little more. There's obviously more intensity. I feel like in the uh, the full gas sprint enduros, just because you're racing the clock and literally every second half second counts. So. Uh, you definitely got to be on your toes, but you still got to, you know, ride pretty mistake free to, you know, to log that fast time. So definitely difficult. Uh, they're two different animals. I mean, you leave a, a sprint enduro and you feel fresh, like you haven't even raced and you leave a GNCC and you don't even want to see a dirt bike for a week. So they're definitely, definitely a lot different, but, uh, you know, I like racing both. It's, it's, uh, good for all around and, Obviously, when you run the full gas, it kind of gets your name out there for uh, for six days purposes. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so this weekend, I haven't looked as the forecast. They're not calling for weather from the hurricane, are they? I don't think so. To be honest, I don't even know where it's at, New York. I haven't even looked in the direction of where I'm going. So, uh, but I don't. I don't think it was supposed to go that far north. But. Um, but yeah, I, I like I haven't even looked at weather. I don't even know where my race is at. So that's a uh, you got you just flying in. You, are you just gonna drive till you see uh, checker flags? <laughs> no, no, I look up the directions uh, when I drive up. I I drive to, to all the races, but uh, yeah, I haven't. I don't. It's a new one, so I don't. I don't know where to go on this one. So most of them they're pretty simple. I've, we've been going there for quite a few years, so. Don't even need the map to get the most of them, but this one I might have to use the old uh, GPS. The old GPS. What are your thoughts on the schedule this year? From from, uh, I mean, the GNCC pretty much remains unchanged from year to year, with the exception of a few tweaks here and there. Uh, does it make sense? I mean, to to go down south like that, and and uh, you didn't open with the Daytona area round this year. Are, are you pleased with that, or do you like the summer break? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Me personally, like I'd like to just kind of get them all over with, <laughs> and then have a have more of a break. But I understand why they do it. Uh, obviously, they are they do a lot of the motocross stuff and uh, all that. So it's just they don't have enough uh, personnel to really, you know, do both series during all summer. And then it is hot, um, which I don't think that's that's not a factor. But yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like to just kind of do them all like stay in the rhythm of just doing them every weekend or every other weekend uh with the full gas thrown in but um but as far as like having south carolina before florida i think that's really cool because you kind of get the race you know something familiar dirt 
before going down to, to Florida. Um, so it's just nice to at least get three hours on your belt, like one race before you go to the gnarliest one of the year. But, um, you know, overall, it doesn't matter too much. How does the... You, you mentioned it, you know, that clearly GNCC is a, a real physical torture test uh, at the sharp end of the game. I mean, do you get to do a lot of uh, a lot of training, or is it once season starts, when you're racing two series, do you get much in the way of uh, time that you aren't actually racing? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Um, you know, I got a trainer this year uh, that I've been working with, and it's been pretty good. Like for the most part, you know, we take Monday, Tuesday after the race, like Monday's day off. And then Tuesday, it's either like a light spin or sometimes I'll ride a little bit. Just, it just kind of depends on how the body's feeling. Um, you know, as I've gotten a little older, I can kind of know, I don't, I'm not experienced by no means, but I know a little more like when I feel like I need to rest or if I'm capable of doing something, but you know, you just gotta, you, you can't just, be hammering yourself every day necessarily i mean some people do but me personally like i wouldn't even want to touch touch a dirt bike on the weekend if uh if i just rode all the time so uh you know i keep it fun i cycle a lot with a lot of friends and uh all that so it keeps it fun and uh you know i feel like i've balanced everything you know really well this year with running the two series and you know i I haven't felt like i've burned myself out at all you mentioned isde um and i'm the the uh the team for this year includes zach bell were you surprised at that uh a little bit yeah but i'm not uh from what i've heard it's kind of west coast uh type soil uh where chili where it's going to be i guess so i mean the kid's fast obviously so um i just thought it was it caught me off guard uh them picking him just because like for experience but I think they do have a throwaway now. So, uh, but I mean, obviously he's a phenomenal rider and uh, he's been ripping out west. So, yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. They got a really strong team uh, with Stipes, obviously, and then Taylor, Caleb, and, and, and Zach. So, I think Thad would have definitely been um, the other guy, but he's got the, a little guy on the way. So, I think he pulled out to make sure make sure he was here for that and get to spend the time with him uh when he does come so uh but yeah it still definitely caught me a little off guard with him being picked but uh like i said they auntie knows what he's doing so uh he wouldn't pick him if he didn't think he could go out and do well lane you're uh are you racing the same do you race essentially exactly the same bike in both your series yeah so i think a little bit with like suspension stuff but uh so there are sometimes a little different, but for the most part, yeah, it's the exact same bike. I don't, uh, the only thing is I run a small tank on the full gas bike. We don't need the, the big three gallon tank on there. And are you, are you running a 450 or a 350? Uh, I run 350. That's, you notice that's the real trend, right, Tony? It's anymore. It seems rare to talk to a GNCC guy who races off 450. We were talking about this a week or two ago and we were talking about the, uh, um, the, the factory edition 350 isn't available in the united states well actually 250 isn't either on the husqvarna which is what you're riding but yeah. um um they only have the 450 factory edition but ktm has the factory 250 and 450 edition but they don't the do it in the 350 but they don't have the 350 i right. wonder if that'd be something that the the husqvarna could do 
to be, differentiate themselves from yes, KTM, which yes. they're trying to do. Do you know anything about the factory edition versus what you're riding? I mean, I assume you've got some pretty trick parts that we can't buy, or is that an assumption yeah. that's incorrect? No, my uh, so I've uh, fortunate enough with Husqvarna with the contract I signed with them. Like it's it's pretty much a factory bike. Um, you know, they supply me with the, the motors and suspension and you know, a lot of stuff. So I definitely lucked out with that. And then, uh, with KR4, you know, we have some personal sponsors on the team that, uh, that I run their stuff too. So, uh, I kind of got the best of both worlds, uh, with that. So it's definitely, definitely a blessing. Who's running the KR4? Uh, so Frank Keegan and his son, Colin Keegan. Mm-hmm. They, they're the owners of KR4. There's been some change in, in management there. Is that right? Yeah, so the son's kind of taking it over now, Colin. Uh, his dad, he was doing it, and then he's kind of went back to uh, to work, and he kind of left that to his son to, to take over, and he's been doing a good job. Obviously, he's young, and um, but he's, you know, he's doing well. It's a lot to take in, I'm sure, for, you know, a young young kid, but uh, I know I probably couldn't do it. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, he's been doing good, so it's, uh, it's cool. It's definitely good to have someone young because they're a little more enthusiastic how is uh how's Husqvarna doing at the track specifically like or at the races when you're out at the races are you getting this direct support from Husky when you're at a GNCC event yeah uh yeah they I you know I speak with uh, all the mechanics and uh Timmy of course talk to them quite a bit and they're always out on the track uh to help me just as much as uh you know they're two factory guys so you know, I get a lot of support from from them, and um, yeah, it's it's good. And then you know, as long as they supply my mechanic for me as well, uh, which is which is really good. Garrett, he's uh, been a huge help this year. You know, he makes my life very very easy at the Sprint Enduros. Having a mechanic there, I just kind of run the test and come in, and I get to hang out. And <laughs> he's the he's the one that's got to go out and do all the work for the bike if if I do tear something up, which you know, hopefully it happens. It happens. Oh, so I see Garrett's scheduled to be on the show after you. What do you? What kind of dirt? I don't know him. What? Tell me. What, <laughs> I need a little dirt on him. Ah, he's hard to get dirt on. He's a good kid. He's uh, he's from Pennsylvania, so not too far from uh, actually from where I grew up in West Virginia. And you know, I've always known him uh, to be at the races, and uh, he kind of quit racing and kind of got into mechanicing. And I think he uh, was Grant Baylor's mechanic for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know he was last year, and then uh, Timmy assigned him to me this year, and it's been awesome. Him and my dad, they've been hooking up, driving to the races together, and kind of gives my dad someone to talk to. He's uh, my dad, so my dad's always done my stuff for as long as I can remember, and um, you know, Garrett's kind of he's been my first mechanic that I've had, so it's been uh, it's been huge to to have him. It's a lot of stress taken off me, and uh, and obviously my father and just been nice to have him around he's a good kid laid back works hard uh i've never had an issue with uh with anything he's done to one of my bikes so that's uh that speaks for itself what about his his motorcycle skills his riding skills yeah so he was he was pretty good i think he was like a b rider maybe maybe he raced a class i'm not i don't exactly remember but i just remember being on mini bikes and uh he was always in the class above me i think he was a year or two older than me um but yeah, he was always always racing, and um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure when he did kind of quit racing and then started mechanicing. But 
Um, yeah, he's a good rider. All right, so you got what ten round around ten? You've got uh, thirteen rounds. So you have three rounds left. Um, you're you're. Uh, I'm looking at your results, Lane, from from this year. You finished sixth at the Big Buck, uh, fifth at the Wild Boar and the Swamp. Are you yeah. sick of the Swamp yet? It's not even a swamp. Uh, there's just a couple spots, so it's not it's not too bad, and it's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's honestly, it's uh, it's pretty sandy. So well, I'm telling you, buddy, I've raced it, and I think it's a swamp. <laughs> oh, it's not bad. <laughs> but then again, the the same year, the general was underwater too. So uh, you finished seventh there. Steel Creek finished seventh, twelfth at Camp Coker. Um, Indiana, you went 10th, 10th in uh, the John Penton, and then 6th at Tomahawk, and 7th uh, at Snowshoes. So what do you, what's your goal for the last three rounds? Obviously, a win would be great, a podium maybe, top fives. What is it? Yeah, definitely. I just need to be consistent. I mean, it's my rookie year in XC1, and obviously I started out good with the first uh, first two or three, but I've I had a lot of issues, like even – you know, Steel Creek, I had a decent result, and, um, you know, I lost my front brakes with, I think, three laps to go, and then I broke my toes, actually, at the, the first New York race. I did, broke my toes on the second lap, and, you know, still got, I think, a sixth or something, so, yeah, the GNCCs hasn't gone very good for me at all, uh, but it's been a learning year, you know, moving up to the 350, like riding it in practice, like I thought I was killing it, and then actually going to the race is a different story. So, yeah, I just want to, you know, run in the top five and uh, definitely get on that podium. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm ready and definitely capable, and I uh, just, just want to put in some good results and, uh, you know, have something have something to talk about going into the offseason. All right, Lane Michael, good job on the show and good job this season. Keep it up. Yep, thank you guys. Take care. Okay, we take a break. I want to take, uh, thank Racetech, the science of suspension for nearly 30 years. Racetech has been producing the highest quality suspension and components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Visit their website at racetech.com. We'll be right back. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. 